This is episode number 401 with Andrea Olson. Welcome to the Melissa Ambrosini Show. I'm your host, Melissa, best-selling author of Mastering Your Mean Girl and Open Wide. And I'm here to remind you that love is sexy, healthy is liberating, and wealthy isn't a dirty word. Each week, I'll be getting up close and personal with thought leaders from around the globe, as well as your weekly dose of motivation so that you can create epic change in your own life and become the best version of yourself possible. Are you ready, beautiful? Guess what, my friends? My third physical book, Comparisonitis, How to Stop Comparing Yourself to Others and Be Genuinely Happy is out right now. I am so excited and I cannot wait for you to read it. Honestly, I could not be more proud of Comparisonitis. Number one, New York Times best-selling author and social media sensation Jay Shetty said, Never before has a book been more needed. Future generations will thank Melissa for shining a spotlight on comparisonitis. And multiple New York Times best-selling author Gabby Bernstein said, Since Melissa refers to people who have recovered from comparisonitis as unicorns, I suppose that makes this book a sort of unicorn training manual. I'm so grateful that such a manual has arrived. It's been infinitely helpful to me. My hope is that the same holds true for you. If you want to finally free yourself from comparison, fall madly in love with yourself and experience genuine deep happiness like never before, this book is for you. If you want to be a better friend, partner, parent, family member, colleague, or human, If you want to experience genuine happiness, have more energy to go after the things that truly matter to you. If you want to free yourself from expectations, unleash your creativity, feel more liberated than you've ever felt before in your life, be free to live your life for you and no one else, feel peace deep from within, truly appreciate your body and your life, experience a radical shift towards authenticity, and unleash the courage to go after your dreams, then head to comparisonitis.com and get your copy and all my awesome extra goodies that I've created for you for free. Not only do you get the book, you will get the official Comparisonitis workbook, a gorgeous Comparisonitis wallpaper for your phone, my ebook, How to Create a Soul-Expanding Comparisonitis Book Club, Not one, but two of my brand new 8D Zentone Advanced Brainwave Technology Meditations, which will give you one hour of meditation in just 11 minutes, plus two never-been-heard-or-released-before interviews with global spiritual thought leaders. Just head to comparisonitis.com and please share the book on social media and tell me your top takeaways. I cannot wait for you to read this book. We have just had Leo, who's my 15-year-old bonus son, with us for a month. And when he's with us, I love fueling his body with as much nutrients as I possibly can. This is why I love Athletic Greens. Now, every morning when he walks out into the kitchen, there's a large glass of room temperature filtered water with his Athletic Greens, which is his daily all-in-one superfood powder in it. He loves it and I love knowing that not only is he starting his day with hydration and green goodness, but that he's getting any vitamins and minerals that he may be missing in his diet. 
Best of all, he loves the taste, which is so awesome. And just one scoop contains 75 vitamins, minerals, and whole food sourced ingredients, including a multivitamin, multimineral, probiotic, green superfood blend, and more. That all work together to fill the nutritional gaps in your diet, increase your energy and focus, aid with digestion, and support a healthy immune system, all without the need to take multiple products, which is perfect for anyone. Another thing I love about Athletic Greens is they continue to obsessively improve this one holistic formula based on the latest research, producing 53 iterations over the last decade. They invest in the most absorbable and natural source of each ingredient and go above and beyond in third-party testing to ensure that their customers continue to receive the highest quality and the best daily nutritional habit on the planet. And it's lifestyle friendly, whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, gluten-free, and contains less than one gram of sugar without compromising on taste. And right now, Athletic Greens is doubling down on supporting your immune system by offering you a free year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase, which means you'll basically never have to buy vitamin D ever again. All you have to do is head to athleticgreens.com forward slash Melissa to get your free year's supply of vitamin D and your five free travel packs today. How awesome is that? Andrea is a proud mama of five children, all e-seed from birth and all out of diapers by walking. She's also the owner of Go Diaper Free and Tiny Undies. When she started elimination communication with her first baby, she struggled with how to actually potty train her newborn. Where were all the visual simple instructions? And were there any other parents doing elimination communication? Since then, Andrea has made it super simple for hundreds of thousands of parents worldwide to start with elimination communication with their own babies as early as birth and has trained over 300 coaches to host elimination communication communities around the globe. Additionally, Andrea creates and sells small underwear and potties at Tiny Undies and trains new mummers how to start businesses like hers. And in today's episode, we chat about how Andrea raised five babies without using diapers and without potty training. This story is super fascinating and very inspiring how elimination communication will help save you money, time, and the planet, even if you only do it part-time. And yes, you can do elimination communication part-time. We also chat about easy, simple, and life-saving practices to identify and tune in with our baby's cues for when they actually need to go to the bathroom. We also talk about how to get started with elimination communication at home and the common pitfalls to avoid, why EC is not exclusive to the mamas and why dads should get on board with the process to bond with their partners and babies. We also talk about everything you need to know about wipes, how to prevent wipe rash and the truth about their impact on the environment and why EC is a fully inclusive practice that can fit your family's unique circumstances. And we chat about her fascinating EC journey and why she put her entrepreneurial hat on to serve mothers and families all over the world. And for everything that we mention in today's episode, you can check out in the show notes. 
and it's over at melissaambrosini.com forward slash 401. And now let's get this party started with this incredibly inspiring conversation with Andrea Olson. Andrea, welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you here. But before we dive in, can you tell us what you had for breakfast this morning? Well, I'm currently doing keto after having five children, just losing a little extra baby fat. So I had an amazing egg scramble with avocado and goat cheese. What? Wait, five children? Five yeah. children? Yeah, you heard that right. <laughs> Over eight years span. I must be nuts. But yes. <laughs> You're my hero. <laughs> Wow. I'm so excited to dive into this topic with you today because I've had no one on the show talk about this and it's such an important topic. And I know a lot of people who have never even heard of elimination communication. So before we get into that, can you tell us your story and how you got into this work? How did this all happen for you? Before I ever had a child, I lived in California, which is known for interesting, odd things that people do. And I heard a friend of a friend had a baby. They were like the first in our community to have babies and they didn't use diapers. She instead had her pee in the sink, just a tiny little baby. And I was like, wow, whatever that is, I'm going to do it. Because when I babysat when I was younger, I remember the worst part of babysitting was changing big, disgusting diapers. And I was like, I just don't want to do that. So whatever that is, bookmarked. And then when I became pregnant with my first child, I actually ended up looking it up and reading about it. Then he came and I was like, what do I actually really do? Because I didn't know anybody who did it. And now here I am. I've done it with all five kids. They've all been out of diapers by walking and I didn't have to potty train any of them. (laughs) It's been amazing. This sounds like a dream for so many parents out there. Okay, I don't have to potty train. I don't have to change diapers. So firstly, let's explain what is elimination communication or also known as EC. What is it? Sure. So if you just think about humans, we're mammals, right? We wake up and we all have to go to the bathroom. Babies are no different. For all of human history, what did parents do before there were diapers? Well, clearly the babies weren't peeing and pooping all over the cave or we wouldn't have survived this long. There would have been disease everywhere massively. So babies are born communicating that they need to go to the bathroom, but we have been taught to just ignore that. It used to be common wisdom and common knowledge, and it still is in half the world, but that's slowly decreasing. But yeah, people have always just tuned into their babies on that level, just like they ask to nurse. They're hungry, they're tired, they're cold. They will tell you all of those things. You just kind of have to tune in and differentiate what each one means. They also are telling you they want to go hygienically to the bathroom. They don't want to do it on themselves, certainly not in their clothes or in this diaper that they're in. So we are clueless about that usually. And the baby cries and cries and cries. And you know, you try everything. You stick them on the boob, you try all sorts of things. And finally just shush them into going unknowingly. And then you check their diaper. You're like, oh, you were crying because you were wet. But they weren't crying because they were wet. They were crying because before all of that, they wanted you to take the diaper off. So EC is basically, it's communication about what comes out the other end. So it's kind of like breastfeeding. You just sort of have to learn your baby's rhythms and their signals, and then you take them in the appropriate place. Most babies are poop trained by about, I mean, mine were all poop trained within the first week or so. It's, it's a whole different reality. It's amazing. Yeah. I have a friend who 
her newborn was two weeks old and was going in the little potty thing. It actually wasn't a potty. It was just a plastic container, like an ice cream container thing that they just had. And yeah, she's fully potty trained now. And it just sounds so amazing. And it makes so much sense. You know, for me, like when I first heard about it, I was very similar to you. So years and years ago, I heard about it. I'm currently pregnant with my first child, which is so exciting. Congratulations. (laughs) Thank you. And I heard about it and I was the same as you. I was like, I bookmarked it in my mind and I thought when I'm pregnant, when I have a child, I'm going to look more into that and then just bookmarked it. And, you know, now since being pregnant, I've dove into your work. I've been watching a lot of your stuff and really just getting my head around it. And my husband's all on board as well. And it makes so much sense. Firstly, for me, the whole idea of like, no one wants to poop or wee in their own pants. Like, I don't know anyone who's like, yeah, I'll put my hand up for that. That sounds good. I'd really like to do that. And why are babies any different? So like for me, I was like, of course. And then secondly, the environment, you know, I try and live a very, you know, my intention is to live zero waste as much as possible. And so for me, I was like, oh my gosh, the environment, like how much is this going to save on the environment? Like buying, even if you buy biodegradable toxic-free, conscious diapers, they're still, you know, it's still money and it's still going somewhere. And so I thought that's really great. And even if you get cloth nappies, you're still, we call them nappies in Australia, by yes. the way, just, yes. just so oh, you know. Yes. <laughs> so I'll use, interchangeably, I'll use both of those words. So washing those, you know, you're spending money on water, you're spending money on detergent, you're expending time on that. So I was like, okay, this just sounds amazing. Like I'm going to be saving time. I'm going to be saving money. I'm going to be saving the planet and I'm tuning into my baby's needs. Like it all just sounds so amazing, but I can hear so many people already. And I have had friends that said, I don't have time. Like I just don't have time to do this. I don't have time to tune into my baby and to listen to their needs and to take them to the toilet when they need. So what is your advice for someone who might be thinking that? I have a couple of things to say about that because I've been doing this for 10 years and I've heard that. That's the number one thing, right? I don't have time for that. The first thing is you are going to save a massive amount of time just by doing just part-time EC. If you just focus on the poops, you then don't have to change any blowout diapers and you haven't gotten to do that yet. It is disgusting. Um, Newborns have very, it's like mustard, kind of like runny mustard, and it gets everywhere. It will go, you've seen probably pictures of people who, their clothes, it goes everywhere. I have hardly ever had to change a disaster like that, but I have walked into a museum one time with my six-month-old, and I walked in, popped him on the toilet, he went poop in it, picked him back up, put the same diaper back on him on my lap because I kind of do some acrobatics put him back in the baby carrier and left. Meanwhile, this woman, when I'd walked in, was cleaning this massive blowout with her four-month-old and the baby's screaming the whole time. And she's got to change the whole outfit too. And then she had all these wet wipes stacked up next to her. She was literally still at the same place when I walked in as when I walked out. So it takes something major off your plate. That's kind of point two. You no longer have to do something which as a new mom, the less, the better, right? We want to be as minimalist as possible, as simple as possible, because it's a lot of new responsibility. So if I were to take one thing off your plate, which was changing poopy diapers, would you do that? I mean, would that be worth it? 
Yeah, big yes. <laughs> big yes. And remember, in three years, which is the average age of potty training here in the US, you will not have to change three-year-old poopy diapers either. So massive amounts of just, oh, so much time. So first of all, it takes something off your plate. It saves you time. And the third thing that I would just tell people is it's not all or nothing. And I don't know hardly anyone in our community who is like completely not using diapers at all. We use them as a backup instead of a toilet, right? But there are very few who do it with no diapers at all and who do it so full-time that they're catching every single pee and poop. It is literally impossible in the modern world to be perfect at it. So I just want to tell everybody who's listening is like, oh yeah, that sounds like a good idea and it makes sense. And yeah, the environment and yeah, billions of diapers and yeah, they never biodegrade, but that's not what motivates moms. What motivates us and dads is to know that you can do this completely half-assed part-time and it makes a gigantic impact. So my suggestion is do it part-time, do it with diapers as a backup. I don't care what kind of diaper you use. I will have no judgment about that. Do whatever works for you. Every time they wake up, offer, try it every diaper change, then they'll start to hold it. If you know when your baby's pooping, just say wait and put them over a receptacle instead. And, and starting very early with that, it is so easy to do it part-time. And a lot of part-timers, like super part-timers, like once a day part-timers, they're exposing their babies over time. When it comes time to potty train, it's literally, here's how you put your pants up and down. And here's how you wipe. And that's basically it. <laughs> and we definitely want to take diapers away earlier because our babies do so well. Like 12 to 18 months is just the range I'm talking for anyone who doesn't know of the wrap-up phase. You're literally starting to take them out of diapers at walking. So you've got one year of diapering versus three years. You say, I have saved about $10,000 in disposable diaper. I have used disposables with four of mine. I use cloth with one of mine. With the other four, I just didn't have time to do cloth, you know? But then I eventually used biodegradable ones. And now it's like, I, I don't know, just everything about it, even if I just did it totally part-time, I know it works because I've seen hundreds of thousands of parents do it this way. It just exposure, any little bit, and your baby will be like, oh, you get what I need. And they're just going to sync up. And it's actually easier than it sounds. Yes. And I love that you can do it part time. Like it's not something that you're like, okay, so my husband and I both work full time. How can we do this? It's not like that. It's like you can do this just once a time and you're training them and you're teaching them. And all of a sudden they'll know like, oh, I can go here. And that feels better than sitting in a poopy or wet diaper. So how do we tune into their cues? Like how do we know? when they need to go? Because I'm sure that's a question you get asked a lot. Besides the one excuse of, I don't have time, how do you know when they need to go? Yeah, it's a huge question. I'd love to answer it. You can do one of two things. You can just start to create times in your life that you're going to take them. And I call those the four easy catches, wake-ups, poops, diaper changes, because you already are doing all those things. They're already doing all those things. So might as well try to offer at that time. And ins and outs before they go into the car seat, after they come out of the car seat, before they go in the, do you call it a pram or a stroller? Yes. Yes. Before they go in the pram, after they get out of it, at every nappy change, I should say. Yeah. So those are the four easy catches. So you can do easy that way. That's one way for like people who are, you know, I don't know if I have time for that. They could try it. If you really want to tune into how do you know, like really know when your baby needs to go, you would do observation time. So we have a log that we write down when they woke up, and then you dress them in something where you can tell instantly when they're wet. 
I also have a company called Tiny Undies, and we have these things called Tiny Trainers. And the blue and the purple specifically. So if there's something in Australia, we're going to have these in Australia very soon. But something that has a training pant, like just cotton, or you can use a burp cloth, and you put it between their legs, and you can put like a scrunchie or a diaper belt. There's somebody down there who sells diaper belts. Basically, whatever you can do to, I know instantly when my baby's wet. So you don't have to do it when they're naked. And you just write down every time they pee. What time is it? After that, you kind of get an idea. And I'll give you a range. Newborns pee about 15 every 15 minutes. And they poop anywhere from zero times a day, every seven days, to seven, 12 times a day. It is such a huge range and it's all normal. I know, something to look forward to. I hope you have one that yes. <laughs> only poops once a day. <laughs> but they all have a rhythm is my point. So if you can find out their natural rhythm, I have an observation log on my website. You just download it start to record it. And then you say, oh, well, it looks like my baby's four months old and they go about every 30 minutes, which is pretty normal. And I wouldn't recommend going for it every 30 minutes, but hey, if it's been 30 minutes since they woke up and you see them getting a little fussy, then you know that that's a signal. And you start to develop this sort of network of information. You're like, okay, I now know that around this time my baby gets fussy. That's a sign that they need to go to the bathroom. Other babies will straight up signal. They will look at you. They will make a face and they will wait for you to take their diaper off. However, I don't want to get everybody's hopes up because not every baby signals. And especially when they become mobile, they start crawling around. They're exploring. The last thing they're going to do is tell you they need to go because if we were in an indigenous intact community, they could crawl outside, right? And just go and they would be independent. So there's this myth that EC, like your baby has to signal and that's how you know they need to go. But it's actually not true. You can also, as the mom or dad, be like, okay, we're gonna take you when you wake up, we're gonna take you when you poop, and then you go about every 30 minutes right now. So, you know, if you get fussy at 30 minutes, I'm gonna try, I'll offer. And it's kind of laid back like that. You just kind of get this, just this sense of we're gonna do this until you start walking and then boom, I'm going to give you the keys to your castle. We're going to learn some things and just help support you in this. It's just an amazing gift of, I mean, it's dignity. Come on. It's like, it's everything. It's theirs. It's theirs. Well, it makes sense as well. (laughs) (laughs) It makes sense as well. You know, we are essentially teaching them to go in their diapers and then you're unteaching them. So it's like you're making more work for yourself in the long run. Yeah. And anyone who's potty trained, I don't know if you've heard stories, but I've heard some terrible stories where they just give up and they try and try for years. And then finally, when their kid's five, they're like, I don't want to wear these anymore. And then they say they self-trained. And I'm like, yeah, but what did you go through? All of that struggle, a power struggle is just, it's, it's avoidable. Exactly. And I've seen, <laughs> I've seen on Instagram, some of my friends potty training some of their kids and there's, you know, two and three and four year olds and they're peeing all over the lounge room floor and they're having to use bribery, you know, bribing with sweets and, you know, junk food to get them to go. And I just think, wow, that's, it seems like a lot of work. It, it really does. So I've seen people hold their baby over old plastic containers that they had lying around the house. I've seen them hold them over potties. I've seen them hold them over a toilet. Is there a recommendation or, I mean, for me, it makes sense to kind of hold them over the toilet from day one so that they start associating that with going, you know? So I I would love your thoughts on that. Is there a rule around this? 
No. Babies are, okay, they develop so quickly and they're very forgiving. And they, they're they not going to be like, oh, you only ever pottied me over the sink, so that's the only place I'm going to go till I'm 10. They don't do that. They're going to be really flexible with what you do. What I recommend is whatever is most convenient. So if you're sitting around with your baby and you've got a mixing bowl nearby or you've got the kitchen sink, it's your, your kitchen sink. And babies pee and poop is, if you're exclusively breastfeeding, it's benign when it comes out. So it's up to you. Some people might be like, oh, that's disgusting. So you wouldn't do that. You would hold them over the toilet if you're disgusted by that, you know. But a lot of us, because postpartum, you get really like your body's all wonky and all the relaxing hormone and backs can go out, you know, and babies can get heavy. If you put a little stool in front of the toilet and sit on it, and then you're holding your baby by the thighs, their backs leaned up against your chest, and that basically helps keep their head from falling over too, and you hold them in what we call the EC position over the toilet, that is one of the best ways to keep your back safe and to have it go in the right place from the beginning. Some people hold them onto a mini potty, like a little small potty, and they face them and they smile. Most parents, honestly, with a brand new newborn will do it in a top hat potty, which you hold between your legs, or they'll do it over their sink because you have the mirror there. You can see, you can even see the sphincter moving and see if they're actually finished going. And breastfed poop, it's very watery. I hate to say it, but it rinses right down the sink. And again, you know, it's your own house. So do what you want. But a lot of people do that because they can see their baby and smile and see the happiness and joy they get when they're like, ah, oh, they heard me and they took me and I feel happy now. It's a connection point, you know, with a mirror. Some people put a mirror on the back of the toilet so you can also do the same thing there. But babies don't get confused about that. And often people will have a potty here, a one here, a toilet seat reducer here. And they never, I've never heard of a child this young getting confused. You can take them over the grass outside by just squatting with them in that position. And that's really what people have done for the most of human history. And then farmers back in the day would just hold them over the side of the tractor while it's going, you know? So it's, it's literally, literally anything goes. I've done it in a Frisbee, a mason jar. I mean, whatever I had, <laughs> a Starbucks cup, a mug, you know? <laughs> It's it's really like, I just want everybody to do it. Whatever you have, just use it. It doesn't matter. Yes, exactly. And you don't need to go out and buy anything no, new for no, this. Nothing. You don't need to spend any money. I have a friend who has done this and she actually, well, her husband said it's been the most beautiful bonding time with him and his daughter. They have deepened their connection because obviously the mother gets that breastfeeding time together and we get that one-on-one -on -one time and he has absolutely loved doing EC with his daughter because it has deepened their bond and their connection and it's like they're staring into each other's eyes and he's following her cues and really connected to her and he's absolutely loved that connection and I just want to encourage all of the men listening you know, this doesn't just have to be exclusively for the mamas to do. This is something that you guys can get really involved in as well and form that beautiful bond with your baby. It's so true. My husband, he has a background of the Marines, so he's a lot different than me in a lot of ways. I think once I showed him, I, I knew the baby had to go and I said, hey, why don't you potty the baby right now? It's time. That gave that first bout of confidence because he doesn't like to fail. He likes to win every war, you know? And um, he was 
so on board from the very beginning. And then, you know, sometimes his interest would waver. Like if it didn't work out, he did feel like a failure, which seems to be a more on the man side, seems like he, he's a little more sensitive to that, you know? So in those times, I would just say, well, you get to change the diaper then, you know? And, and so daddies usually do diaper duty anyway in a, in a normal kind of situation. Having them equipped, like these are the basics. And like if the moms want to bring dads on board, it is such a bonding thing. It's exactly what you said. We have so many dads and sometimes they're better than the moms at it because they're more tuned in on. They have one one level to tune in on that they're going to be proficient at and they just thrive. I think it's beautiful. Even for all the whole family though, I have many kids. All my older kids help with the little ones and my seven-year-old potted my two-year-old from birth, would take her and potty her. So she was five and just the boys too would say, the baby needs to pee. It's a whole family affair. It's, it's just, this is what we do and we're going to help our baby because we care about him or her, you know? I love that. I think that's really beautiful getting the whole family involved. That's really, really special. And this is something that my husband and I are, are really going to try. And, you know, when I first told him about it, he was like, of course, like, <laughs> of, yes. of course, like, <laughs> this sounds amazing. Like, it, it's just so great. Just jumping in to tell you about one of today's podcast sponsors, Paleo Valley. Now, I love companies that are doing great things to help others become healthier and happier like Paleo Valley. For me personally, I love their organic super greens and I love adding it to my smoothies so that I know that I'm getting even more goodness every single day. It's kind of like an insurance policy for me, which is why I love it. Now, Paleo Valley and I both believe that everything you put into your body is an opportunity to either detract from your health or improve it. And now is the time to make your health a priority. Use the code MELISSA at the checkout to get 15% off anything in the store. Now, let's get back to this conversation. So I would love to know about wipes as well. So do you just use toilet paper or do you carry wet wipes with you? Um, what, what do you do? So I always carry wet wipes with me even to this day, but I use natural, I use biodegradable bamboo wipes by this company called Diaper. I don't know if you guys have them here or there. It has a Y in it, D-Y-P-E-R. But anyway, they, you know, we don't do flushables and stuff. We use very little of them. With EC, you don't really have to wipe. I mean, it's really, it sounds weird, right? But when you're in a deep squat, even a grown-up, if you're using a squatty potty and you're in a deep squat or you're squatting in nature, you're hiking, whatever, camping, you are more efficient. Your body like cuts it off for lack of a better term. And babies completely like, I would say within the first year, year and a half, it comes out clean about 95% of the time. Because they are in a deep squat when you're holding them in that position. Or if you have them on a really small mini potty, their knees are up higher and they're able to have an efficient poop. So most of the time, there's no wiping necessary. I wouldn't use toilet paper on mine until they were like 18 months when they're doing it themselves. But is this, yeah, is this even for at the very early stages when it's quite runny and when they're exclusively breastfeeding? So I was going to add that. Yeah. So there's not like a huge mess to clean up. So I wouldn't use a wet wipe in the beginning, but I would use the sink and just run some warm water. And a lot of us just would, because if we're potting over the sink anyway, we would splash some water, warm water on their bottom and then dab it dry. That's actually how I wiped 
for the first, for the, yeah, fourth trimester, the first few months. And then as they get older and they're doing, you're, you're feeding them solids and their poop is more solid, it will come out clean. So there's no need to like really wipe. But, you know, you can use a little something. I'm just saying you don't have to wipe hard or use a lot of toilet paper. And with my babies, I used cotton wipes and water a lot. So I didn't feel the need to, you'll see it. It's really hard to explain, but there's like no residue left. Our bodies are so beautifully made that if we're in the right position and eating the right foods, like breast milk in the beginning, things are just super efficient. Because think about a long time ago, did they have toilet paper? What would they do? Well, you know, the body took care of itself. And then we also had water we could use. Yeah. So it's like just with anything, you really don't have to buy a lot of stuff. But I would always, so if you do a wet wipe, do a cotton cloth wipe after to keep the areas dry and then you won't have diaper rash. This is a little tip for anyone. But yeah, we use the sink. We love it. It's just so, splash it on there and you're good. (laughs) It's so fast. It's so good. And I just think, like I constantly just think about how much money are you going to save and and the environment? I mean, can you do you know roughly for one child how much you would save if you did EC from the beginning? Dollars or pounds or dollars? <laughs> yeah, dollars. It's an average. Um, there's research that says it's an average of three thousand dollars per child to diaper them through three years old. So if you're getting out of diapers at one, which is very typical and very very developmentally appropriate, then you're saving about $2,000 per kid. That's US dollars. I don't know what that translates to, but it's 27.4 billion diapers are landfilled each year in the US, full of pee and poo and gels and chemicals. And who knows, they could all off gas someday and kill us all. Who knows? There's not good stuff. You're actually supposed to dump a diaper before you throw it away. And nobody does that. And they have never biodegraded since they were invented in 1961. And that's old data. That's 2009. So who knows what it is now? But if you add all that up, all the diapers that have ever been landfilled have never biodegraded. So, and and they estimate 500 years. I mean, this is a huge, this is worse than plastic straws, you guys. This is really, really bad, especially if they end up in the water. And I've been to third world countries where they're just piled on the side of the road. It's a major issue. But again, a lot of people still are like, well... I know, but it's just part of being a parent. No, it's actually avoidable. And even if you don't do EC, let's just propose something. At one year or so, start introducing the potty. You can potty train them around 18 months and it's so easy. So I wrote a second book because it was all these people would come find me later, you know? They didn't want to try EC. They were like, yeah, I just feel overwhelmed. I can't do any of it. And I get that. But you can potty train at 18 months and still save half the diapers. So you're still saving about $1,500. That's massive. And if you have five kids like me, that's massive. And the environment. And the environment, which is ultimately we want our kids to have an earth to live on someday. So our choices are, I want people to feel a little bit guilty about that. You know, let's do something different. Let's even just potty train in half the time. Like, If you wait till two, it's harder. If you wait till three, it's really hard. I have a a kid who just turned four. He should still be in diapers probably. He is so willful. I I wouldn't put that on. And I have a two-year-old. I should have two in diapers and I have none. And it's so many levels, right? But the environment really does matter. So we don't like to hear that. We don't like to hear that we're damaging the environment, but we parents are the worst. Third largest item in the waste stream is disposable diapers. And the waste management people have no solution. They can't figure out how to remedy it. And then you've got the wipes on top of that. 
Oh, yeah. And then people also flush those sometimes or they have flushable wipes here. And that's just really bad. The water system too. We have lots of wow. issues that we cause as parents. <laughs> and and do you know what I love about EC is that you can do it part-time. Like it's not an all or nothing thing. And I don't want people to feel like, oh, I can't go all in, so I'm not going to even try. Like just try once a day. And that's going to make such a big difference. And I really want to encourage people to, to do it for, for the environment, for their wallet, for their baby, everything. So is there anyone that EC would not work for? That's a great question. I think if somebody's having major postpartum depression that is coming out as anger and edginess and irritability, which I had PPD with my first, so and I was definitely on edge. It didn't come out with my handling of my baby, but it definitely could. If a mother is in that situation, I would definitely get treated for the postpartum depression first. So that they're in this mindset where they're not so on edge all the time and about to just fall apart that they can be present with their baby. So that's probably the only one. This works with Down syndrome's babies. This works with autistic children. This works with people who, whose sphincters don't even work when they're born. I have a friend whose son's anal sphincters didn't work. He had to go to the bathroom out of his stomach, a cut in his stomach. And she still did EC with him. She still did it. And then when he finally was all had his surgery. They just continued. I've had kids with hip dysplasia, babies in braces, and they still did EC because you guys, EC is also just about tuning in. So if you're doing the spirit of EC, you're aware of when it's happening. This is the other part. You give them a sound to associate with. So you go, when they're peeing, when you do observation, you see them pee, you go, this is what people all over the world do. And when they're pooping, you can go, or you can click. Some people whistle. It just depends. And then as you see them and as you potty them and you do that, you're basically giving a language to what's happening. It's kind of like potty training a puppy. When you see them go in the, or when you see them sit, you say that while they're doing it. So we're developing a language. So even if you can't physically take them to the bathroom, you've had a C-section, you're recovering, it is okay to, um, to just do the sound association and the observation and then to identify it for them. You're going pee. And then they know what's happening and they stay aware to that. You can also incorporate the baby sign language too once they, yeah, so you can do the sound, you can do the sign from day one so that they start associating. And then I have seen, you know, babies that can't even talk, that, that make the noise, that make the sound. Yes. And then the mother's like, oh, okay, you need to go to the toilet. Like, totally. It's amazing. And I just, I'm like, <laughs> this is so great. Like, this is just amazing stuff to be aware of and, they and communicate try back. and implement. So fast. It's like, they go like this, or they'll, they'll make a little noise or they'll look at the toilet or the bathroom and you're, they'll crawl towards it. And you're like, wait a second, are you telling me something here? And they are. That's amazing. It's so good. So how long have you been in the world of EC? 10 years. My eldest <laughs> And what were you doing before? Like before you got into this world, what were you doing? Oh, I would say I was living in California. I was kind of gypsying and being a 20-something-year-old free. And I got my master's in psychology. And then I was getting my hours to be a therapist. And I was kind of burning out on that. And then I found out I was pregnant. And I was like, oh, okay, let's do this. I've always been an entrepreneur. So that's always been in my blood. But I kind of was just living that sort of free go wherever in California lifestyle of, I don't even know. I mean, it was fun, but it was kind of, you know, 
is different from now. <laughs> and now everything you do is to educate people on EC. It's amazing. You've got books and webinars and programs, everything. Yes, I have. As people want different things, I've made them for them. So everything I've made has been something I need or somebody in my audience has requested a need. I have two books, one on EC and one on potty training. And they're very visual because, you know, none of us know how to do this. It's very confusing. They both come with support by coaches that I've trained. So I've also got, there There might even, there are some Go Diaper Free coaches actually in Australia who have local groups that meet up and who can also help people one-on-one. -on -one. And then, yeah, I made a couple board books for the babies because mine, I couldn't find one that didn't focus on diapers and are you ready to not be in them, you know? So I made my own. And then we couldn't find top hat potties, so I brought those back to the market. And then I made a really short mini potty because if they can't get on the potty, they're not going to finish. The process will just stall and you'll get tantrums and weird stuff will happen. So everything. And oh, I've got the most adorable little underwear too. It starts at six months. The tiny undies are, they're really fun. And that's because my first one got out of diapers at 10 months and he had nothing to wear. They would fall right off his little bottom. So he often would just pee on the floor because nothing would stay on him. So he'd be naked all the time, you know? <laughs> so I actually went to Thailand and found a bunch of small underwear and they wouldn't make them for me. So then I designed my own and that's been a really, now we have preemie groups and little people's groups. And we've got all these wonderful groups who have children who can't fit in normal underwear who are like, I got my pink underwear now. So we've just, we, we just take a lot of joy and pride in serving moms and dads to make this doable. And like, there's proof, like what you're doing is actually awesome and normal and great. And we have all these things that support that, you know, because you go into the store and you're going to find three tea and up. You're not going to find any baby stuff for this. And we want to normalize it, you know, and bring back to a normal age. I love it. Well, I'm so glad you're out there doing it and shining light on this because I know so many people have never heard of it doing this because so many people need to know about it because it's life-changing. It's so great. So thank you. I would love to hear now if you had a magic wand and you could put one book in the school curriculum of every high school around the world, what book would you choose? Mm, I would choose Dave Ramsey, Total Money Makeover. He has taught me about living debt-free, and I feel like if I would have known what I know now about money back when I was in high school, I would be just rich from what I put aside back then. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Financial freedom and health is, is so important, I think, and, and we, we skip over that. <laughs> sounds amazing. I've not read it, so I'll link to it in the show notes. Cool. That sounds awesome. Let's talk about how your day looks. And in particular, your morning routine. I love hearing about how people set themselves up for success. You have five kids. So can you kind of talk us through like a quote unquote typical day in your life? And I know no two days are ever the same. <laughs> I try to make them the same because that gives me sanity. <laughs> yeah, I wake up. We don't do public school anymore. Now we're homeschooling. So that's lovely. And we, we only did public school for about six months. So we kind of wake up naturally. Kids wake up around seven. Well, we have the little alarm that turns green when they're allowed to come downstairs. So that's nice. Sometimes we get into the hot tub and have a little chill time together. Most times children start fighting and bickering. So I separate them into little activities and I make breakfast. 
make them their breakfast and I make my keto breakfast and we eat and there's more arguments and (laughs) more separation. But, you know, when I wake up a little earlier than them, I really have command of the day and can organize and have a more harmony in the mornings. I usually read to them. Right now we're reading Prince Caspian. Even though they're two to 10, I like to read them books that stimulate their language growth. Then we start homeschooling around 9.30 and I have a nanny who comes and watches the two little ones because I am not like those homeschool mamas of eight, 10 children who can magically do it all. I am not that patient. So I have my one-on-one time with the two kindergarten and first graders. And then we have lunch and I work during the nap time and my nanny keeps an eye on the others. They have book baskets that they read and I do my work and I work um, three to four hours a day. I've always only worked three to four hours a day running my two businesses. I record podcasts. I do some writing. I do plan my social media posts. I try to have fun with it. And then I go in and I make dinner and then we do our whole bed routine. We start at seven. So they're asleep by eight. And this has been really key to our sanity because overtired five children times five is just ridiculously crazy. So We read them books, do all their teeth brushing, and then um, we give massive tickles at the end of the bedtime routine, and then we put them to bed. I usually crash by 9.30. I just can't. I hit the wall while we're doing bedtime, and I'm like, mommy needs to go to bed. So that's about as exciting as it gets. Some days, instead of homeschool, we do hikes. We live in the Blue Ridge Mountains, so we'll go hiking. And um, we don't really go many places because homeschool is supposed to stay at home, but we do have some social groups that we mingle our kids in. But yeah, my alone time is my work time. And then I sometimes will do some yoga. Oh, I'm terrible at self-care. That's one thing that's just the hardest. Mom or not, right? It's so hard. So um, yeah, I prefer Ashtanga yoga. So when I get to fit in that, that's a beautiful day. That's a perfect day. (laughs) Oh, so beautiful. You are so inspiring. Like five kids, homeschooling, EC. Wow. Like it's amazing. So beautiful. I would have to say that EC's helped my kids be so independent and really easy. And we're so strongly bonded. I feel like it's the basis of all this being possible. That and breastfeeding. I mean, those two magic ingredients. It's given me confidence as a mom that I don't think I would have had without it, you know? I'm so excited to breastfeed. So oh, excited. You're going to love it. <laughs> I breastfed mm-hmm. for 10 years, basically. It was like, okay, I'm actually done now. <laughs> yeah. I'd like, I'd like to have my boobs back now. Thank right. you. Right. Thank you. <laughs> Luckily, they haven't changed that much. I have heard horror stories. So I'm like, okay, I got out unscathed. I have no stretch marks and my, 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 my boobs back. <laughs> oh, well, you're amazing and so inspiring. Really inspiring. I'm excited for your pregnancy and your birth and everything. And I'm so excited for you in the, like, just when your newborn wakes up, offer and you'll see magic unfold literally on the first days and minutes. It's beautiful. I'm so excited. Yay. I'll let you know how I go with my EC journey. Please do. I can't wait. (laughs) Okay. I've got three rapid fire questions for you now. Are you ready? Yes, I'm ready. What is one thing that we can do today for our health? Drink more water. Yep. What is one thing that we can do today for our wealth? So more abundance in all areas of our life. Use cash because you spend less money when you have it in your hands. (laughs) Yeah, good tip. And what is one thing that we can do today for more love in our life? Give love. It comes back like a boomerang. (laughs) It's beautiful. 
Andrea, this has been so helpful. Is there anything else you want to share? Any last parting words of wisdom or anything that you wanted to talk about that we haven't spoken about? Ooh, there's one thing that keeps popping in. I feel like I have to mention it. Even if you choose not to do EC, if you're having trouble breastfeeding and the baby won't stay latched, try to potty them because they might actually need to go to the bathroom and can't suckle at the same time. And that's just a little bit of Ah, if they don't like the baby carrier, it's not the baby carrier. It's because they need to pee. So just kind of put those little seeds in your head of what if, what if my baby's trying to tell me something else right now? Could it be? And I just encourage everybody to just be receptive and open to that possibility. Because if you turn off your phone and you just go with your baby somewhere in nature, you will see so much amazing stuff that you never knew was there. And I just want to encourage everybody to just know that it's not all or nothing. And I won't judge you if you decide to potty train, just do it early. But like, really, there's no pressure here. It's just you against you against you. And I hope that you're a team with yourself. It's pretty magical. So if this feels resonant, you know who you are. <laughs> Come get educated. I've got everything you need. <laughs> You really do. Yeah. You have everything you need. And we'll link to everything in the show notes, your website, your books, everything. If you are at all interested in EC, just go to your website, read the books. You've got so much information there. So, and have confidence in yourself as well. I know when I first was looking into it, I thought, oh, can I do this? Like, am I capable? And yes, we are. We're amazing. We're intuitive mamas. We're intuitive parents and we can do this. And maybe you just need to like, look up a couple of the positions and you're good. And once you do it the first time, I'm sure you get that confidence and you want to keep doing it. Yeah. One catch and there's no going back. Then you can't not see it anymore. You know, it's really beautiful. And what would you do if there weren't diapers available tomorrow? What would you do? You can pretend. And then that is really inspiration too. It's just beautiful. So billions and billions of women have gone before all of us and men as well. We know how to give birth. We know how to breastfeed. We know how to potty our babies. We just have to tune out of all the chaos and tune into ourselves and our babies. And it, it is like, it's so much fun. I just have to say, <laughs> I won't do anything if it's not fun. So yeah, it's super fun. <laughs> well, if you've done it for five kids over the last couple of years, then it must be fun. Yeah. While running two businesses, I'm like the busiest person you'll ever meet. And it's just... Yeah, I'm not going to do it if it isn't fun. <laughs> yeah, and on top of that, you homeschool. So I'm thinking, okay, yeah. <laughs> if it, if you, it must be fun if you're committed to it. It is, yes. This is why I dance and do yoga and stuff. It's really like you have to do things that give back to you, especially as a mom, or are you just going to burn out, you know? So everything I do has a feedback loop that gives more. By giving, you know, you feel filled up. And EC is definitely a huge part of that. So great. You are helping so many people. You are opening so many people's eyes to something that maybe they've never heard about. You are serving so many parents around the world. How can I and the listeners give back and serve you? Try this with your baby. I want babies to feel heard and cared for on this other level. So just give it a try. That's how you can give back. Come and listen to my podcast, watch my YouTube. Let me teach you. Let me help guide you because that that's what I exist for is just to make this easy, easy and fun and like really fulfilling. And it's not going to be perfect. You can also do that for me is just have some grace for yourself. 
because that makes the world better. Less pressure on yourself. Everybody's a little happier. <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> exactly. Andrea, thank you so much. This has been so insightful and so helpful. I am really excited to dive into it when she's here. So thank you for all the work that you're doing, for all the resources that you have created for us. And there's a lot of free resources out there, guys, from Andrea. Just go to her YouTube and her website. So thank you so much for being here and for sharing with us today and for all of your work that you're doing in the world. I'm so grateful. Thank you so much for having me on your show. You're an inspiration and congratulations. I'm so happy for you. Hopefully we'll talk soon and give me an update. (laughs) I will do for sure. Thank you. Don't forget to head to comparisonitis.com to get your copy of my latest book and all the free goodies that go with it. I cannot wait for you to read it and to hear what you think. So I recorded that conversation when baby girl was still in my belly. And now that she is earthside, I'm even more excited to give EC a go. We have just kind of been working our way through these first few weeks whilst she has been earthside, but now I am ready to give it a go. And Nick is on board too, which is super exciting. So I hope you are inspired by this conversation. And if you are, please subscribe and leave me a review on Apple Podcasts, because that means that we can inspire and educate even more people together. And maybe a lot of people out there haven't even heard of EC. So let's spread the word about it. And if you do leave a review, which I will be so grateful for. It also means that you could potentially be the review of the week for next week, which is pretty awesome. And speaking of review of the week, this week's review of the week is from Haley, and it's a five-star review titled All the Feels Every Time. And she says, Melissa radiates the most gorgeous energy through all that she does, and you feel a part of her sparkly energy shining through each episode. Whether I'm in the car, kitchen, or out walking in nature, Each episode infuses that space with oh so much golden energy goodness and I get all the feels. As a fellow healer in the wellness space, I'm forever inspired and uplifted by Melissa's work. You are my soul sister in business, someone I turn to whenever I feel overwhelmed and need a shining star to turn to. Thank you. Hayley, thank you so much for that beautiful review. I am so grateful for your kind words and for the fact that you took the time to write that. And as a little thank you, I want to gift you some goodies from one of my favorite companies, Organifi. So just send me an email, hello at melissaambrosini.com with your address, and we will send you over some goodies from Organifi. And don't forget to come and follow me on Instagram at Melissa Ambrosini and tell me your top key takeaways from this episode. I absolutely love reading what you get from each episode. So please continue to come and share them with me. And for everything that we mention in today's show, you can check out in the show notes. That's over at melissaambrosini.com forward slash 401. And before I go, I just wanted to say thank you so much for being here for wanting to be the best, the healthiest, and the happiest version of yourself, and for showing up today for you. You rock. Now, if there's someone in your life that you can think of that would really benefit from this episode, please share it with them right now. You can take a screenshot, share it on your social media, you can email it to them, you can text it to them. Just do whatever you've got to do to get this in their ears. And until next time, 
Don't forget that love is sexy, healthy is liberating, and wealthy isn't a dirty word.